Welcome to Waymaker Church Podcast. The heart of the house is that these messages would help you to encounter, live for, and advance the kingdom of God. Enjoy this week's message. So, hey, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, I'm going to be... Uh, uh, launching a new series next week. We're going to be starting a series in the book of James. We're going to just literally go through the book of James and just begin to take some of the chunks that are out of there on uh, just faith and, and Christian life and how to live well. Uh, ask the Lord for 2024. I, I few months back, I said, God, what do, you, uh, what do you desire for the house to go here in the next couple, uh, the next couple years, especially going into 2024? And uh, one of the things is, it was a simple statement, we just said, I want you to continue to mature the house. And, uh, and so we've been doing that over the last uh, uh, year or so, where we've really just jumped into some, some teachings, actually about the last two years, uh, where we're just looking at the fundamentals of the Christian life. What are the things that are necessary for us to be successful because I don't know about you, I think if we're going to have the title, we ought to be able to live it out. Amen? Come on, somebody. I had like four soft amens right there. Anybody else believe if we're going to have the title, we ought to live it out for real? Amen. Is there anything worse in life than meeting a miserable Christian? Right? The one who knows to do right and is just kind of chilling off to the side and they're just frustrated all the time because they have enough knowledge to know what's right and wrong. But they don't quite, if they're not living it quite, they're going to be frustrated because there's going to be this huge gap that's in between. Now, I'm not talking to you about perfection and performance this morning. What I'm simply talking about is the fact that I believe that we ought to live authentically for the kingdom of God. If we're going to profess the name of Christ, then the word simply says, let those who profess the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And so we ought to be able to, to press on towards the right things and to, to be separate and set apart for the master's use. And that is the goal of our life is to be set apart for the use of Jesus. And, uh, and not just to go about there so I can get the get out of hell free card. It's about being able to live for him in my everyday life that the world can see his glory and his nature through my life. And that doesn't mean that I'm the, the answer to, to all the world's issues. He is. But at the end of the day, it's important for all of us to be a reflection of who he is. Amen? I got a bunch of soft amens again. Amen? All right, I'm, I'm trying to come for you just a little bit on this last one. So here's the thing. So we're going to start that book uh, study of James next week. But as I sought the Lord uh, for today's, uh, today's message to close out the year, I just asked him, I said, Lord, how do you, uh, how do you want to close out the year? What do you want, what do you want for your people? And uh, because I realize I don't just prepare messages for myself or because I think a topic sounds good. I just I seek the Lord and I ask, what is your heart for your people? And uh, to be quite honest, I didn't expect this particular area, but we're going to talk about it today. And uh, I feel like in, uh, in, in modern Christianity, especially in America, in some places, this kind of feels like a little bit of a curse word. And it's the word fasting. Everybody's like, oh, come on, man. But that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and here's the thing about fasting. Fasting, uh, I feel like to a degree, you're starting to hear a little bit more about it in the, uh, uh, in the fitness world because they, uh, you know, they see some of the health benefits of it and things like that. Uh, but I often feel like in church to a degree, it almost sounds sensational today. You're like, oh, like you fast and pray? Like, wow, all right. Like your Christianity up here, you know? And, uh, and here's the thing about it. Is, is fasting might sound a little sensational today, but in the time of Jesus and in the culture of that day, it was actually weird if a person like who professed faith didn't fast. Right? We actually see that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, one of the issues that they had with Jesus' disciples is that they weren't fasting. And he actually tells them, well, as long as the bridegroom is with them, like they're not going to fast. They said, but there's going to come a day when they will. And, uh, and so we're just simply going to look at this because uh, I want to just lay a groundwork. I've never actually preached on this or taught on this. And we've had conversations with people. I've, uh, I've called the church to a fast before, but I've never really dug deep into what is it? How does it work? How are we supposed to fast? What are the types of fasts? And so uh, we're just going to lay it out there today uh, for you. So here's the first thing I want you to know about fasting. Biblical fasting is not a hunger strike between you and God. <laughs> We're not down here walking around just because we have need with like a little picket sign going like, you need to answer. You know, like we're not doing that. Biblical fasting is not a hunger strike between us and God um, because it's also easy to think of uh, fasting as just a way to add kind of like some secret like, you know, spiritual sauce where we can just add a little extra oomph to our prayers. Uh, that's not necessarily what it's about. Because biblical fasting isn't so much about how God responds to our prayers as much as it is about how we present ourselves to him. Amen? So a lot of times what I was taught growing up, and this was actually a good study for me this week as well, what I was taught growing up is the only time you fasted and prayed is when you basically needed to manipulate God to get the result you wanted. 
Anybody else had that kind of teaching too? That the only time we fast and pray is when, oh God, I need something from the Lord. <laughs> Y'all like that? That was good, right? Come on, somebody. Somebody bring me a robe. <laughs> Come on. Sorry. It's a good day. I had an off week. Y'all can tell. Um, feeling a little refreshed. But a lot of times it's, it's easy in those moments to just think that, that the only reason why we would fast is so that now I can have that extra oomph when I pray. Now, don't get me wrong. When we're, when we're separated and we're consecrating ourselves to the Lord, God does things. God, God responds to those things. But it's not a manipulation tactic to get what I want from him. That the nature of fasting is, is simply about abstaining from food for spiritual reasons. And, uh, and so here's a couple things that I believe are important to understand. Number one about fasting is this, that food is not evil, nor is it sin. Because sometimes we talk about fasting, we can kind of look at something like, oh, it's bad. It's not bad. Now, here's what, here's what is evil. Gluttony is evil. And what gluttony is, is a form of lust because it is an unbridled uh, and, and an uncontrolled eating. So food is not bad. Food is not sinful. God gave us food. We should enjoy it. But there is something that can shift internally if food becomes a source or a God in our life. If it becomes a source of joy, if it becomes a source of contentment, uh, if it becomes a, a source of, of something that, that gives us something that only God should be giving us. That's what the scripture calls gluttony. Gluttony is evil because food is, is basically what it is, is gluttony is, is the flesh in control. It's an inability to say no to the flesh. In any time in our lives that the flesh is in charge, things are going to get out of line. And so here's the thing is, is food is simply intended to fuel our body, not be the source of our fulfillment. So I told you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. It just simply says this, uh, and this is one of the reasons why fasting is important. It says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. Be clothed with humility. This is why. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. There is something about the fasted lifestyle that it's not just about starving yourself to look more holy. There's something about the fasted lifestyle that is a spiritual discipline that God has chosen to help us to be able to humble ourselves under his hand. And so here's the thing is, is it's easy for one of us to walk in pride about any given subject uh, in life, right? We can, we can think that our own strength provides uh, or, or anything like that. But at the end of the day, what is necessary in our life is we're going to have seasons and times where we're going to need to humble ourselves before the Lord to remind ourselves that he is in control. Amen. There are some times in our life that because of different things that are going on, maybe our flesh gets out of control a little bit, and it is important to put that flesh back into subjection. Amen? Right? You and I as believers are actually supposed to have mastery over our flesh. That is why the scripture tells us that we are supposed to die to ourselves daily. Amen? And so the understanding of fasting is that that's the part of that death to myself. It's, it's one of those things that it puts down my natural desires that so often are the very things that push me to do certain things. But if I can learn, and often those things that it pushes me to do may not be things that bring glory to God. And so when I fast or whenever I separate myself or we separate ourselves unto God in this way, what it does is it helps us to gain a mastery and a control over the urges of the flesh. And I believe that's an important thing because you're a triune being made in the very image of God. Listen, God, it's God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're made in his image. You have a soul. Or you, you are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. And they are supposed to function in that order. You are supposed to be born again by the Spirit of God and to be led by the Spirit. The spirit man is the one that is supposed to have direction over the, the, the soulish realm. That soulish realm is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. So the spirit of a man that is in right relationship to God is intended to rule over the soulish realm, which is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And ultimately, all of those things affect the body and where you go and what you do. Amen? And so it's important for us to be able to do that, to live in that, in that fashion, in that form. And, and God simply does that as we humble ourselves, uh, he, uh, he moves in our life. And so again, fasting is not about starving yourself to look more holy. Right? Listen, for the most part when you're fasting, most people actually shouldn't be able to tell that you're fasting. 
But what it is, again, is it's a spiritual discipline that God has chosen to help us humble ourselves before him. And so it actually brings the, the words of Jesus to remembrance in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. And I, by the way, I have a ton of scripture today. I printed out notes. If you noticed, you're probably thinking, oh my goodness, it was two pages and it had a staple in it. Uh, here's the thing is, is I just wanted to make sure that you had all of the information there. Uh, again, so there's about four pages of notes. Part of it is the way that I spaced them. I just simply wanted you to have a reference point. All the scripture references are there. They're also online uh, through the UVerse. App. Uh, but Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Uh, he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so, what Jesus is trying to explain to us in this, and uh, in that particular moment, it's a statement where Jesus is responding to Satan as Satan is tempting him as he goes after fasting for 40 days in the wilderness. And so, in that particular message, he's saying to Satan, He said, Listen, man shall not live by bread alone. Right, food is important, right? We all know that if we starve ourselves, eventually we will perish because our, our body needs food. But the thing is, is Jesus at this point had fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. Uh, he had water only, and the scripture said that he was hungry. But because he had fasted, he was able to overcome the temptation of the enemy. And see, that humbling of himself before the Lord is actually what prepared him to have the victory in advance. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Because when God is with us, He's the ultimate source of our life in the everyday. He's the one that brings us the victory. And fasting is actually the way that he has chosen. It helps us to renew that understanding. And so as we jump into the message, let's just establish a baseline for fasting. And so what does biblical fasting accomplish? Right? What is it about it? Uh, and I just got several things and some scriptures I'm going to uh, read to you this morning, submit to you this morning. But the first one is this. Fasting is a means of humbling ourselves before God. We actually see this in uh, Psalms 35 thir uh, verse 13 with King David. King David is talking about it, and he says, but as for me, when they were sick, right, so he's going through some issues, he said, my clothing was sackcloth. Now, sackcloth was a sign of mourning in the Old Testament, right? Whenever they were troubled, when there were things that were going on, they would put on sackcloth and ashes, and typically they would fast along with that as a sign of distress that they were seeking the Lord. But he says, I humbled myself with fasting, and my prayer would return to my own heart. And so there are moments in life when we're going through things that it's important that we have fasting as a tool to be able to come in and to humble ourselves and to surrender ourselves before the Lord and to lift up our prayer to him. Fasting also enables the Holy Spirit to reveal your true spiritual condition. Fasting allows the Holy Spirit, it, what it does is it gives us space. When, when I choose to put away certain things that I feel like my body desires, and instead we choose to have a focused intentionality to be able to seek the Lord, to set apart time that, that, that we're there to, to seek him out, to search his face, what's going to happen is, is the Holy Spirit is going to go to work on the inside of us. He's going to reveal that true spiritual condition. He's going to reveal the things that are on the, the inner man. And, and there's going to be a resulting brokenness that comes with that. Now, God is not necessarily looking to break us in a negative sense, but I believe that it's important for us to be able to come into the image of who he desired for us to be. There's going to be times where there's certain things we go through or things that he reveals that it does break some things off of us internally. And that is an important process that we need to understand. And the reason why I want to share this today as well is because the American gospel has focused on you being happy, wealthy, and blessed. And the gospel of the kingdom, there's a brokenness in our life before the Lord. We look at people's lives that carry an anointing, and so often we want that same anointing and power that they have. But what you don't realize is the anointing came through the crushing of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that God wants us to have an anointing on our lives to be able to see impossibilities yield, to see his kingdom advance. But the only way that that happens is through the crushing, and it's the crushing of the old man. It's the crushing of, of our will apart from his will, and, and it's the dying to self. That process can feel crushing, but can I tell you at the same time that crushing is absolutely worth it? That's why he says in the gospel that he'll give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Where do you think that oil came from? The crushing. But here's the thing. If you get crushed, you're going to have joy in mourning. And that word mourning is not talking about a time of day. It's the word mourning when it's talking about someone is mourning for something, right? Maybe there was a loss or they're going through something. So God, God through the Holy Spirit wants to bring us into a place of brokenness, repentance, but the result of it is a transformed life. 
And that transformation of life is what we're aiming for. So when we fast, we spend focused time in the word of God, and that focused time allows us, allows the Holy Spirit to illuminate what is on the inside of us. And this is what I love about it. When we fast and we're putting aside the distractions of life, and we come and we separate ourselves and we put ourselves in a place before the Lord, the Holy Spirit begins to go work on the inside. I spend focused time in prayer, the reading of scripture, right? Just seeking his face with worship and things like that. And, uh, and that doesn't mean that you're just locked in a closet all day long because that doesn't necessarily work if you have a job, right? Um, and I don't know about you. I'd probably go crazy after about 14 minutes. And, uh, but it's, it, it, the whole purpose of fasting is just bringing yourself into a place of awareness of his presence, it's putting yourself in a place of awareness of what he wants to do. And, and it's like, think of it like the Holy Spirit, like in a dove coming and resting on your shoulder. You're going to walk in such a way that you don't want the thing to fly off. And so we're just walking and learning to walk with an awareness of the presence of God. And, and fasting helps us to do that. And that's why when, when we're in the word and we're in that time, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, when we're in the word, this is what it does. It says, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So when I take time to separate myself, to get before the Lord, as, as we do in fasting, the Holy Spirit comes, and he begins his work that he's really good at. And, and through the word of God, he begins to speak to us, and that word that, that, that he uses begins to separate out the things that don't need to be there. Think of it like sifting. Right, he sifts out the things that don't need to be there. Maybe he points out attitudes or mindsets or, 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 or behaviors that we have, and he's just going, man, we need to get rid of those things. Kill them. Put them off. Put, the, put that old man out. That's not who we are anymore. Right, and he speaks about those things, but then also maybe he reveals to us certain things in our heart that, that not only do we just need to work on, but maybe there's areas that he likes that he's saying, hey, I want to encourage you in this. Take another step further. Here's direction for this. Talk to that person. Minister to this person. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And he speaks to us in those moments, and it's such a beautiful thing because he illuminates on the inside uh, what's on the inside of us through the word, and he begins to help us sift through the things that we need to sift through. Another thing that biblical fasting accomplishes is fasting strengthens your faith in God and it gives you spiritual confidence, leaving you feeling mentally, spiritually, and physically refreshed. Now, what's interesting about it is you would think that it would be the opposite in the sense of physically refreshed, right? Because you're going without something, so you're expecting to feel weak. But what's interesting is, is that when you fast, you find out that what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 is true, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That the Spirit of God actually comes and he sustains you and he ministers to you in it. It's a beautiful thing. Isaiah 58, 6, and this says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Now remember the yoke, I talked about that this year, is referring to the yoke that would have rested upon the shoulders of like an ox, right? It was that wooden piece that would tie them together to something. And so he is talking about the fact of, of undoing the heavy burdens, loosing the bonds of wickedness, to let the oppressed go free, and that you would break every yoke. See, fasting leads us into breakthrough. Fasting helps to, to loosen the bonds of the enemy that allows you and I in our life to go free and we break that yoke off of our life, and it's such a powerful thing. Another thing that fasting does is fasting renews our connection with God. What's interesting about the kingdom of God is that to get hungry spiritually, you have to eat. I'm not talking about food. If you want to get hungry for more of God, you're actually going to have to consume more of him. The Lord told me a long time ago, he said, Joel, if you will consume me, I will consume you. And thinking, how is that supposed to work? The more that I press into him, the more that I draw near to him, the scripture tells me that he's going to draw near to me, right? So the more that we lay down our life and we, and we renew that connection with him, it actually will bring back a hunger for the presence of God. Listen, if you've served Jesus for any length of time, I know, you know, it's easy to get in a rut and go through the motions. Amen. It's easy to know how to say amen and uh-huh in all the right places, it's easy to just get up and go to church or even just to read the Bible, but there is something about fasting and that focused intensity that draws us back to the beauty of who he is. It reminds us of the greatness of his power, and it positions us for greater breakthrough. Amen? And so again, our, our aim in life is to never level off. 
And ask the Lord this morning, I was thinking about fasting this week, and my head was already all over the place about it, where I'm like, I don't really want to. I'm just being real with you this morning. It's not like it's something that typically is enjoyable. That's not the point of it. But I remember thinking about it, and, and, but it was followed by a thought. I was just like, God, why, why is our flesh so ridiculous? I don't know. That's how I just talked to the Lord. I was just like, why are we like this? Like, we have such limited opportunity and time in the earth. When you think of when the sunrise and the sunsets, the number of days and years that we have in the earth in the scope of eternity is so small. And I was just like, Lord, why are we like this? Why do we fight it? Like, and he just said, because the, the nature of the flesh is to always want the easy way. I was just like, man, it's always to do whatever is least required. And, uh, and it was funny because he said, and every time someone goes the way of the flesh, he's like, I listen to their complaints called prayers. <laughs> For all the things that they want me to fix when it's in their power to fix it themselves. And I was just like, we're messed up. He, it's like, you know, it's just one of those things. I was like, we're just, we're messed up. And it's almost like you could just like see him grin and like, it's all right, we'll get there. <laughs> I'm very thankful that he's patient and kind. You know what I mean? He's not like he's ready there. He just, he wants to instruct us, to teach us, to lead us. And, uh, and, and so it's just one of those things that, that fasting helps, that, it's that discipline in our life. It helps us to come to the place where we're actually living out the things that we need to live out so that we can do the things that we actually desire to do. I asked a few weeks back, you know, how many of you guys would love for your life to, to have kingdom impact? How many of you want God to use you? And almost every hand in the room went up. But the question, the follow-up in those things, and it's the same question that the Lord asked me because there's some things that I know he's calling me into. And if I can be quite honest with you, I'm terrified to step into them because I'm understanding now more than ever what it's going to require of me. And internally, I'm having to fight through the fact of do I want to do it? Do I want to pay the price? I want my heart's answer to just be, yes, of course. But there's still the flesh on the inside that's going, but are you sure there's not another way? <laughs> the reality is, is there's not. Jesus asked the same question. It's actually a moment where you get to see his humanity in the Garden of Eden. What did he ask the Father in prayer? He's like, look, man, if it's possible, can you let this cup, like, if there is some other way, would you let this cup pass for me? But what does he say? But not my will, yours be done. Amen? Anyway, so it's, it's important for us in that. Right, so John Piper made this statement about fasting a few years back. He said, the absence of fasting is a measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ. Y'all, that one cut me deep when I read that the other day. I was like, ow. But the revelation of that is simply this, that we choose the level of our depth with him. And so in any way, whether it's through fasting, worship, prayer, the reading of the word, all of those different things, we determine our closeness and our proximity to him. What's crazy is, is that when you think about the separation that was in the temple, Jesus actually removed all separation between us and the Father. He tore the veil to where you and I can now come boldly to the throne of grace that we might find help in a time of need, Right? We have the opportunity to have the Holy Spirit himself come and take up and have residence on the inside of us to strengthen us, to empower us, and to be able to give us wisdom, discernment, and understanding. But we still choose the level at which we're going to receive. And so it's tied back to the level of our, of our hunger and our pursuit of him. Another thing about fasting, fasting empowers us to fulfill God's calling on our life. There's uh, four things I'm going to just mention to you in this, that Jesus being led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness fasted for 40 days, but because of that time of fasting, there was a preparation where he was successful in defeating the temptations of the enemy. That's Matthew chapter four, verse two. When he had fasted 40 days and nights, afterward, he was hungry. He was hungry. But what he wasn't hungry was he wasn't hungry for the things of the flesh, which is what he was tempted about. He was tempted for the nations. He was tempted in his identity. Uh, he, was in, he was tempted to, to question the nature of his father. But because he had spent time, and here's the thing about that whole thing with Jesus being in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. Do you know who led him there? He was led there by the Spirit of God. We have to be sensitive in our life to understand that there are times and seasons that he's going to lead us into things that may be uncomfortable, but that uncomfortable nature is for your benefit. Because you need to be strengthened. You need to have that spiritual stamina because the enemy maybe is coming around the corner and you don't know it. 
And I just, I wonder sometimes how, how much more successful we would be just in our walk with the Lord in that, and more so in that staying power in the long term of just staying, fighting the fight, continuing the course, running the race. I realize that if, if we had more of that fasted lifestyle, how much better would we remain? Anna was another one, a widow of 84 years. She served the Lord in the temple through prayer and fasting. I think it's interesting that, that she served the Lord through prayer. If you're a prayer warrior in the house, you have that call of intercession, please don't quit. When the Lord reveals things to you and you're off in secret and that burden is heavy, please don't quit. When you're praying and fasting, please don't quit. We need the word of the Lord. We need people that are willing to pray. We need people that will stand in the gap and fight for spiritual things when everybody else maybe is oblivious to it. Please continue to stand and fight. And not only that, would you teach others how to intercede too that have that same gifting and calling? Amen. Another person was Cornelius. Cornelius prayed and fasted for four days and received a visitation from the Lord. Acts chapter 10, verse 30. So four days ago, while I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. You see, sometimes the, the, the fulfilling of God's call in our life, we have to be able to contend for some things. We have to have that staying power, and then God comes and he speaks. Or he sends a messenger and he speaks. The same thing with the prophets and the teachers in the New Testament. Uh, they, they served and they fasted and the Holy Spirit spoke to give direction. You see, the, the, the fasted nature, being able to set aside that time, allows us room for the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to give us the direction and the discernment to know what to do and where to go and how to do it. Listen, there are times in our life where maybe it's in our marriage, maybe it's in raising kids, maybe it's in a job change or, or to move to a new city, whatever it is, there are going to be times where you and I need divine direction. We need the wisdom of God. Listen, we need the peace of God. But here's the thing is if we're surrounded by constant chaos and noise, how are we going to hear his voice? And so the purpose of fasting is not only to humble us, but it positions us to be able to hear the voice of the Father. A few more things that fasting does is fasting helps us to defeat the flesh. And, and this is why most of the battle, just if you don't know, you never fasted before, most of the battle during fasting is mental, not physical. Your body can do a lot of amazing things. Your body can survive. But there was something about the mind, right? That's when I realized we were hunting this year. And uh, we always joke that one of our guys on the board, Joe, man, he's like a mountain goat. He just runs up hills. And you're going, that's a mountain, man. Like, we're not supposed to be able to sprint up that. You know, when you're back there looking like the, the, the big rhino in Jumanji that's like tagging behind the group in the first one. Y'all remember that movie? You know, and he's like, uh, with a big old pack on. That's what it looked like with me and him. He was that front back, just like, Choo! I'm like 50 yards back, just going like, I think I might croak right here. But what's interesting about it, sorry, I don't know why I went into that. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I don't even know what I was talking about that. What was I talking about? Anybody? Fasting. I don't know what I was talking about fasting. What was I talking about running up a hill with you? I, just, I was back on a mountain chasing elk that I missed. Oh, what's that? Oh, mental. Thank you. She was, hand. she was paying attention. That's awesome. So here's the thing. What I learned in that moment, I appreciate that because I'm like, I know that had a point with it. Forgot what it was, but it had a point. Is that I realized that we're talking about fasting is, is often more mental than it is, is it's physical. Is I remember as we were going up that thing, my mind, I realized this, this, this year hunting, my mind needs a check. And from that time, I have legit have spent time to diligently change the way that I think. I didn't realize how often in myself I was thinking, I can't. I, it just, it just a lot of doubt for various things, a lack of confidence for different things. And, uh, and it was crazy because until I was in that moment where basically we were crucifying the flesh because that pack is heavy and that gun was not light. And I was trying to keep up with a mountain goat. <laughs> And what it was in there, though, was I realized that my flesh, my heart, my mind needed some checks. And so fasting actually helps us to defeat the flesh because the warfare is mostly in the mind during times of fasting. And this is the goal of the enemy. So when you're fasting and there's warfare in the mind, the desire of the enemy is just simply to get you to compromise. Because moments of compromise always lead to a life of compromise. And his whole thing is he just doesn't want you to know who you are. He doesn't want you to walk in power. He doesn't want you to walk in authority. He would rather have you walk in compromise because then you're not going to be uh, any kind of a threat to him. And so we want to become a threat to the enemy because fasting also helps us defeat the devil. 
In Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, there's a man that brings his son to the disciples to cast out a demon, and they could not do it. Right? This is right after the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus tells them the key to overcoming this demon is fasting and prayer. It's Matthew 17, 21. He says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So there's an authority that comes with prayer and fasting as well. Fasting also helps us to overcome the calamities of life. Esther, she fasted when she was faced with danger. In, in chapter 4, verse 16 of the book of Esther, she says, Go, gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan uh, and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, uh, uh, three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. She was asking them to fast with her and to call all of the group of people to fast when she was faced with danger. Ezra fasted for protection. Uh, in, in Ezra chapter 8, verse 23, it says, So we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayers. There was a people. They were invading the land, and he fasted for protection. Jehoshaphat fasted during an invasion by the armies of the Canaanites and Syrians in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. It says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. Actually, Judah, not Judea. So the thing about fasting is fasting is an important tool for the believer. It positions us for a great encounter with the Lord. Fasting positions us to be able to receive breakthrough or protection or all of these different things. And the whole reason why is it's actually Psalms 91. That he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, when we're fasting, we're drawing near to him. And when we draw near to him, we get that overshadowing of his presence in our life. We come under the covering of the Almighty God. And last time I checked, he wins every time. Last time I checked, he has all wisdom and all knowledge and all power and all authority. And so that fasted lifestyle, what it does is it brings us back to the place of understanding that it's him alone who does all those things. It's him alone who has the answers. It's him alone who has the power, the authority, and the wisdom. It's him alone that has the might. Amen? And so when I join myself to that, when I separate myself to that, and I seek his face, and I position myself to be able to hear, I can step out of the wisdom that seems right to a man, but the end is death, and I can step into the wisdom of God that leads me into peace and life and wholeness in Jesus' name. Amen? And so I, just the reason for this, and you can even tell just by some of the quietness in the room, although I keep, like, you know, can't remember what I'm talking about, so we laugh. But, um, but the thing is, is when it comes to this subject, you can tell in our modern gospel here in America that it's not something that we do hardly ever. And you can also tell the ruling of the nature of the flesh because when we do talk about it, we get very quiet. Right? All the little internal mind games start. Don't tell me I can't eat anything. Matter of fact, just because you said that, I'm going to Roadhouse today, and I'm getting two steaks, <laughs> six baskets of bread, all the honey butter I can eat. Come on, somebody. Bless the Lord God Almighty. <laughs> so fasting is an important tool, and, and so the challenge that we face so often is that we want to have kingdom impact while simultaneously surrounding, being surrounded with unlimited distractions in our everyday environment. Listen, the distractions we face go from the problems of everyday life, right? There's just things that happen, right? It draws our attention and our focus. Social media, technology. Uh, how many of y'all know like social media, like reels or shorts, those little things? Now, I'm not talking about like real shorts, like those are things you wear. Reels are on Facebook. For those of you who don't have Facebook, it's like those little videos. How many of you know you start with one? It's like an hour, two hours later, you're just like, what just happened? It's like a drone. You're just like, oh, oh. Like, wow, that dog, he fell off into the water. He fell in the water. That's how I can build a house in three minutes. It's so dumb. Right? And we can just scroll for hours. And, and, and the next thing you know, we're thinking like, but Lord, I don't have time to seek you. And he's just like, you spent two hours going. Orange cats are crazy. Just saying. Right, so there, there are things that are distracting, right? Life, just problems in life, social media, just technology, various things, right? Email. Dude, I have this thing on silent all the time. Fantastic tool. We have computers in our pockets. And it follows us everywhere we go. Right? Whether it's messaging apps, text messages, you name it, email, these things, like mine is on vibrate all the time, because if not, I would be standing up here right now and you would hear ding dong, shoo, ding dong, ding dong, something else be going off, an alarm to pick up something, to go here, go there. There's always something that's going on. Right? And so there's this unlimited distractions, busy schedules, sometimes even just things with work. 
And so it's easy for what's most important to get crowded out. And so Jesus made it clear, even when he left his disciples, that they would continue to fast. And so we just simply want to learn how to do that. Um, to kind of finish out this portion of the message, I'm going to go a little bit quick. I'm going to explain to you some types of fast. We're just going to get real practical real quick. Um, and so now that we understand it. And here's the thing. I want to give you sound instruction on this. Uh, so one of the things that I do want to say about fasting, especially if you have medical conditions, because I don't want to be legally responsible this morning uh, for anything. If you have medical conditions, especially things with blood sugar issues and all kinds of stuff and all that matters, if the Lord calls you to fast, the most important thing is because this is between you and the Lord, and you need to make sure that you can do it in a healthy way. Look, I'm not talking about not walking by faith. I'm just also talking about not walking in stupidity. So if you need to and you want to fast and the Lord calls you to that, I'm actually asking you to consult your physician and do it under their care and wisdom as well. Now, I believe that God can sustain you. I believe God can heal you and God can do all those other things. But I'm not going to stand up here and just tell you, thus saith the Lord, do this or else. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. So I want to give that caveat in this uh, because it does matter. Because uh, here's the thing. I always know in every room, you always have those that want to take. It's like teenagers will take whatever it is and we're going to push it to the nth degree over here. Because the first one I want to talk to you about, there's four or five different types of fasting. The first one is an absolute fast. That's no food, no water. Now, a person that's prideful that wants to try to look holy is be like, I can do it for more than three days. Like, it's not healthy for your body to not have water after about three days, right? You start damaging organs and things like that. Now, if the, now Moses went up on a dry fast on Mount Sinai. He was up there for 40 days. But who was he up there with? We just didn't record all the conversation. For all we know, he was up there having a heavenly buffet. No idea. So I want to throw that out there. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, it does say in Exodus 34, 28. So he was there with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. He wrote on uh, tablets. Did y'all know they had technology back then? He wrote on tablets uh, the words of the covenant and the Ten Commandments. I'm just joking. It was rock. <laughs> the city of Nineveh fasted for three days. He caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh. The king had decreed a fast. Uh, and his noble saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. That was in response to Jonah's prophecy that destruction was coming upon the land. And so the, the response to destruction was to humble themselves, to fast, and to seek God in repentance. And God eventually relented of the disaster he was going to bring on Nineveh. Another one is Paul. Paul, after uh, his encounter on... Uh, uh, on the road to uh, Damascus was uh, blinded for three days, and it says he was without sight three days, and he neither ate nor drank. There's three examples there of, of an absolute fast, no food, no water. Again, the, the caution in it is uh, if you're going to go over three days, you, you really need to have either had a clear directive from the Lord. I'm not talking about just being prideful going, I can do that. You need to have a clear directive from the Lord that the Lord has called you to do something specifically, because if he calls you to do something specifically, he will sustain you. But he's not responsible for us just being like reckless either. Okay, just want to throw that out there. It's on video too. Yeah. Okay. The second one is a normal fast. It's no food, water only. Right. This is the one that talks about with Jesus being tempted for forty days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. I bet. So it's no food, water only. The third one is a partial fast, abstaining from certain foods uh, or, or meals on a certain day. There are certain types of foods. Uh, one of the things you see often in the uh, partial fast would be what we would hear would be like a Daniel fast. And, uh, and so it comes from the scripture where uh, in Daniel chapter 10, verse 3, when he says, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all. That one had to be a little rough. Till three whole weeks were fulfilled. I went to actually look that up. I was like, what did that mean he didn't anoint himself? They would perfume themselves. That would have been easy for Daniel to have to stay by himself for those three, day, three weeks. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have like degree, like deodorant spray and stuff back in the day. I can only imagine after three weeks what that was like. Anyway, sorry. That's what I think of when I read the scripture. So a partial fast is abstaining from certain foods. Again, you can do the Daniel fast, which ends up being things like fruit, vegetables, water, juice, uh, things of that nature. Again, the Daniel fast, typically because of the length of time he did it, people will do it for 21 days, but you can do it for any length of time. Uh, also, a partial fast could be abstaining from meals on a set day. So like this next week, what I was going to invite you into this next week, I'm not going to like command you. I'm not giving you a thus saith the Lord. But I just asked the Lord, I said, what do you want me to speak to your people? I said, I want you to talk about fasting. And uh, he says, and then I want you to, to invite them into a fast for the next seven days beginning tomorrow. And, uh, and so for me, uh, I always ask the Lord, and this thing about fasting, I just always ask him, what do you want me to do? 
And he said, I want you to do a partial fast. And so for me this next week, I'm gonna be fasting both breakfast and lunch. And then I'm gonna be breaking the fast with, uh, with my family for dinner. And, uh, and so that's, that's what I'm gonna be doing for the next seven days. And, um, and so again, it's just a partial fast there. Uh, fourth is a non-food fast. I feel like this one is growing in popularity. Uh, in America, uh, but uh, it's good for people, especially with medical conditions. So it's just simply fasting from, abstaining from other things. Uh, it could be um, such as TV, entertainment, social media. Uh, you'd actually be surprised. Anybody ever done a social media fast before? Well, you just say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to kick this thing off. I'm going to be off for the next week or month or whatever. And uh, does anybody else realize how bad of addicts we are with social media? Like, if you delete the app, do you realize how many times you pick up your phone to, like, look at it for no reason at all? It is crazy. And uh, anyway, so that's another one that you can do as well. TV, entertainment, social media, certain types of activities that maybe have a typical higher importance and require more time. Um, those are ways to do, uh, and that's usually a good way if you have medical conditions, things like that. Um, and so one of the things I believe is important to understand about fasting is that typically fasting is between the individual and the Lord. The scripture actually tells us that, that you shouldn't even be able to tell if I'm fasting. It never fails if somebody always invites you to lunch. It's actually, I think, like, it's a fun test from the Lord, I feel like. Like, how many times you're like, they're like, hey, man, you want to get lunch? They haven't talked to you for six months, but today they're going to ask, you want to get lunch? And you're just like, I do, but I'm not going to, you know? Um, I can drink water and stare at you. <laughs> you know? It's awkward, so that's why we don't do it. But... Uh, uh, but in that, though, fasting is something that is typically done between the individual and the Lord. And again, it's, it's intended to be a time of personal pursuit. Um, but there are times, like what I'm doing this morning and, and talking about fasting and inviting you into fasting this next week, is, uh, is there are times for corporate fasting as well. And that can happen in different seasons. We've done that here for varying reasons as well. Uh, when, uh, when COVID hit, when there are some major decisions or things that, that are happening, like our leadership team, sometimes we just sense from the Lord that we need to call the church to prayer and fasting. We need to seek the Lord, to seek for understanding or wisdom or breakthrough or whatever it is. And so we, we can call the church as a corporate fast. So typically it's between the individual and the Lord. But a corporate fast is where a spiritual leader, someone that's in authority, calls a body of people to fast. And you see that throughout the scripture um, several different times. Samuel called the nation to fast in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 7, verse 6, and it was during a time of war. Esther calls the nation to fast in a time of distress. Ezra proclaims a fast in a time of uncertainty. King, the king of Nineveh declares a fast when a time of judgment looped. The disciples fasted for discernment from the Lord. Right? So there are different things and reasons why uh, we may fast. Uh, again, sometimes that we've experienced, we've actually had this from the board where us as a leadership team, senior leadership team in the church, where uh, we, just, we can just sense that the enemy is at work. One of the things that's interesting being in ministry is that because we have relationship to a lot of people, when I start sensing certain types of spiritual attacks on people, and it begins, like, there's always something going on, but it never fails that there are times when all of a sudden you're going, okay, that family, that family, this person, that thing over there, this is going on, that's going on. And you begin to discern that the enemy is, is there's a wave of attack that's coming from hell against a body of believers. And during that time, a lot of times we'll be praying about it, we'll talk about it, and, uh, and, and we'll set aside time just to fast, to seek the Lord, to pray for divine protection over the house. There's times where not only as we make the decision to fast, but we'll walk through the building, we'll walk the grounds, the property, uh, and uh, we'll anoint things with oil. We'll pray uh, over the scripture. Listen, there's been times we've gone up on the roof and prayed over the building, prayed out over the city, walked to the corners of the land. There's all different kinds of things that, that God instructs you to do. None of those in and of themselves are just some specific like thing that you're supposed to do, but we're led by the spirit in those moments to follow what he's asking us to do. Amen. So, uh, so those are some different types of fast, those five things there. And uh, so I'm going to close the message out with this, um, how to fast. Uh, Jesus mentions in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 and 18, he says, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. I think it's interesting that he talks about the fact that they have their reward. There also means that there is a reward from the Lord in, in, in being obedient to him as well. He says, I surely say to you, they have the reward, but you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who is in secret will reward you openly. It's awesome. 
So how to fast? A couple quick things. Start with a clear goal. You got some things here. So why are you fasting? Do you need direction, healing, restoration of your marriage? Again, this is more in the personal sense. Uh, are you facing marriage issues, family issues, financial difficulties? Um, ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and be specific. The second is be, uh, prepare spiritually. Uh, go into it having confessed your sins to the Lord, right? Go in with a pure heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal areas of weakness in your life. Uh, forgive all who have offended you and ask forgiveness from those who you may have offended. Surrender your life fully to Jesus and reject the worldly desires that try to hinder you. The third is decide what to fast. Uh, are you fasting food, food and water? Are you fasting from something that isn't food like social media or television? What are you going to fast? The fourth thing is how long? Decide how long to fast. Uh, most can easily fast for one to three days, uh, but you may feel the grace to go longer. Uh, to as much as 21 or to 40 days. I've done the 21-day fast before uh, as well. It's possible. Uh, I know some that have done the 40. Uh, use wisdom and pray for guidance. Uh, and, uh, and so again, as well, I think when you're starting off, especially when you don't know, it's important to start slow sometimes unless the Lord gives you specific direction. The fifth is replace eating with reading and prayer. The whole purpose is, is again, it's not just a hunger strike between you and the Lord. The whole purpose is, is to seek his face. So when you would spend the 30 minutes eating... Instead, take the time to seek the Lord through the word and through prayer. That's called communing with God. Learn how to commune with God in those moments. It's not just finding out how long you can go without eating. We're not doing fasting just so we can find out, I lost seven pounds this week. It's not about that. Like that may be a benefit. And that's why the fitness world is caught on to intermittent fasting. The whole purpose is to be able to seek the face of the Lord. So Deuteronomy 8.3, it says, So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he, might make you, uh, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Fasting brings about miraculous results. It's powerful. And so you're following Jesus' example when you fast. And so spend time. You can listen to worship music and just worship and praise God. Um, and, uh, and pray as often as you can throughout the day. So again, you're going to have to go to work, right, uh, this week, unless you just happen to have the whole week off, then bless you. Uh, we're not jealous or covetous in any way. Um, just joking. I had some time off. Uh, but uh, again, even with that, it's super important. Take the time. If you're at work, uh, listen, maybe you're in between something. Maybe you're walking down to get some papers off the, off the copy machine or something. That doesn't mean that in that moment you can't pause for a second to just give thanks to God or to acknowledge him in that moment. It's learning to have an awareness of his presence. Now, here's some basics. What to expect when fasting. I figured I'd let you know about these ones. Persistent hunger. Hunger is a common side effect. <laughs> Of any fast, avoiding water may make you feel even hungrier since water helps increase satiety. You might have persistent hunger. Tiredness, right? A lot of times we get our energy from food. If you don't eat food uh, or drink water, your body won't have enough fuel. Some of us got extra fuel. You know what I'm saying? We, we like pre-stored fuel from like months back. Yeah. I'm going to survive the winter. And so if your body, if the tiredness, you may feel like fatigued, dizzy, or weak. And uh, Psalms actually 109 verse 24 talks about this. He says, my knees are weak through fasting and my flesh is feeble from the lack of fatness. Hmm. We're not going to go into that. You see, that was, that was a filter right there. I would, it's awesome. Another thing could be irritability. As the hunger builds up, you're bound to feel cranky. Y'all think about that the whole time. We had a word for it in America. Hangry. You can feel cranky, right? Um, this is uh, one of those things that, uh, one of the things about fasting that is interesting, fasting actually exposes unhealthy relationships with food in our flesh. And so the, the idea of just, of being irritable, one of the things is, is we think, our, and our bodies are built for survival, and that's why there's such a mind game that goes with it. We have to be able to control and subdue our flesh. And so it's an important thing that uh, we may realize that we're going to feel uh, irritable because it exposes unhealthy relationships. And so sometimes we can comfort our negative emotions through eating, uh, emotions surface, and they, they force us. Instead, when, when the emotions surface in those moments, it actually forces us to go to the comfort of the Holy Spirit than to run to something in a package. And, and I can tell you this from, uh, from personal experience. Um, so when our dad died, our dad, grandma, and grandpa died in five days uh, two years ago, it was November 24th from our dad was two years ago. And, uh, and, and what's crazy is, is over that next year, I mean, as you would expect between grief, depression, all the, the things that just kind of follow along with losing important people in your life, uh, I ballooned up personally to like a weight that I had never weighed in my entire life. 
And, uh, and so since, uh, since July, the Lord had convicted me. And since July, like I've had to make some major changes on eating. Listen, I, I realize like probably some of y'all, I'm an emotional eater. You can ask my bride every time stuff, I realized in cruises, every time something would get really heavy or, or things were happening, I'd be like, man, let's just go get something to eat. You know what I'm saying? Let's go to a restaurant, man. Get a steak, get a burger, go to Chili's and get them cheese fries. Bless the Lord God Almighty. Those are good. But the thing is, is you have to be able to say no to those things. We can have an unhealthy relationship. What's intended to be fuel can actually become something that we replace it and we use it as a source in our life instead of what it was intended for. And uh, anyway, so uh, again, what's interesting about that is for me in my own life, what that, you know, something you actually don't hear talked about, I would have considered it gluttony. And the Lord convicted me of it, said, you need to make a change. And so I've been working on making a change since July and uh, seeing some of the effect. But can I tell you, it's easy to make it a change for a little while, but to, to continue something on longer than that requires discipline after a while. And that's why we're talking about fasting because fasting is a spiritual discipline. Not just because of that. Another thing you may feel is headaches. If you drink a lot of caffeine and things like that, uh, restricting caffeine uh, and nutrients, especially carbohydrates, can lead to headaches. So if you have some headaches, just understand that. Poor focus. Uh, when you're tired and hungry, it can be difficult to concentrate uh, on, on different tasks and things. So I just figured I'd lay it out there ahead of time so you don't think there's something wrong with you. Uh, it's just part of how our bodies respond uh, to things that it expects to have. How to end a fast? Don't overeat. Like... Like for me, like doing a partial fast, practicing like breakfast and lunch, that doesn't mean that I'm going to go pound three dinners, right? It's important to, to make sure to, to when, you, when you end, don't overeat. Um, begin eating solid food gradually. And this is actually, there's a physical reason for this. Depending on the nature of your fast and how long it is, your digestion system actually goes into like a shutdown mode for a while because there's nothing to process. And so you can actually shock your system. You actually need to give it time physically to be able to like gradually come back online to process the things that it needs to process. Um, another thing is uh, as well, again, is uh, if you have the underlying medical issues or whatever else, um, again, don't, don't be crazy uh, or whatever. Seek the Lord, talk with your physician, make sure that you're good to go on that. So anyway, uh, I say all that to say this uh, over the next seven days starting tomorrow, um, I'm just going to simply invite you into a fast um, and, uh, and just to, to spend some time seeking the Lord as 2024 starts. I believe that God has great things in store for us, uh, but I believe that in order to see those things, God wants us to humble ourselves and position ourselves to be able to see those things. Amen. Amen. I'm not even going to have you write down on a card. I'm not going to have you raise your hand. Again, I'm going to leave this part up between you and the Lord. And, and here's the thing. If you choose to fast this week and temptation rises and you fail, would you just continue on the next day? Don't become a head case about it. Don't let guilt, shame, and condemnation roll in where you're like, oh my gosh, I ate a french fry. Like, dang. Like, we're not going to do that. Okay? It is what it is. And uh, the whole thing is, is it's, it's learning about how to respond, to be able to seek the Lord. If you make a mistake, failure is an event, not a person. Just get back on track and keep pursuing. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Waymaker podcast. To simply connect, or if this message ministered to you and you would like to support the ministry, you can simply go to waymakerchurch.org.